Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the podcast, The Joyful Frugalista, and now here's your host, Serena Bird. This podcast is brought to you by The Joyful Fashionista, an online marketplace for buying and selling secondhand and sustainable clothing. Make cash selling as you declutter or buy sustainable and fabulous fashion. Yuma Frugalisters, and welcome. Today I have a very special guest, and spoiler alert, that's me. <laughs> well, at least I'm one half of it. I've convinced my lovely husband, Neil, who is always very involved with my podcast because he's the editor, but not so much in a talking role. But I've invited him on again. Welcome, Neil. Welcome, Serena. Gee, I don't know you very well, do I? Anyway, yep. um, it's lovely to have you here. But um, why I've invited him on to talk again is because we're still recounting stories from our recent trip to the US. We went to Orlando, Florida to attend FinCon. And I wrote a blog post when I was over there about timeshare. And we really just wanted to talk a little bit more about this, about our experience. Yeah, so we booked a uh, Grand Beach by Diamond Resorts through Qantas Frequent Flyer Points on the Qantas app. There was no notification of what it was about. It just looked like a place that had a kitchen and bed and looked very good value. So we, we went along with it and, and chose it for our first eight nights over in the US. But sometime last year, and it may have been after we'd made this booking, because you said you tried to search for this accommodation. It was no longer on the Qantas website. Yeah, it had moved away. It had moved away. But since then, it's been bought out by Hilton too. So since then, Hilton has bought the entire diamond chain. I forget exactly how many, but there's a lot of, of, some, of resorts. It was like 80, 80 or something. Yeah, I've something. got the details in my blog post. So Hilton had, I think, about 60, and then it's bought a number of these diamond ones, and it's in the process of renovating them all to bring them up to their standards. So we didn't realise when we booked it that it was part of this Hilton resorts. And not just that, but Hilton now has sort of realised that, okay, it's, its hotels are fine, but most people when they vacation sort of want, a different style of accommodation. They don't... They want a home away from home. Yeah, basically. They want kitchen and they want apartments and they want to feel connected to it. They don't just want to be locked up in a hotel room. And they've realised now that this is big business, this timeshare. And why I really wanted to talk about timeshare on this podcast and why I've blogged about it as well is because I could see from being there that this was a global trend. From traveling around Florida, like even when we were at Miami Beach, the really posh, the really nice resorts, they're all like vacation clubs. They're either Hilton or they were Marriott. There was a Holiday Inn one as and well. There was a Holiday Inn one around the corner from Disney World as well. So you've got three of the main groups. So Hilton, Marriott and IHG are all really big in this timeshare model now. And it's relatively small in Australia, but it's big globally, including in Asia. And so I can just see that in a couple of years, this timeshare experience isn't just going to be something that happens if you go on holidays in Florida. It'll be any time you stay in one of the, the resorts that is linked to these. Yeah, so on, on arrival, we did our normal check-in. 8.30 at night, right, yeah. like we're, we're tired, hot, jet lag, just want to find our room. Yeah, they give us our cards or whatever. I'll just go talk to, I can't remember his name, Eric or whatever it was over at the concierge counter there and 
And he seemed like a friendly guy. Yeah, he very, was surrounded by, you know, all these brochures of tourist things. And we thought, oh, they're just being really friendly. They're giving us all these tourist brochure stuff. Yeah, extremely friendly, that thing. And they said, oh, someone will contact you tomorrow and, and talk to you about an opportunity sort of thing. Yeah. And we didn't. We didn't say, oh, yeah, that sounds great. In fact, we were, did the Aussie thing of being polite and non-committal. At no point did either of us say, yes, we would be delighted to go to a timeshare presentation. Yeah. In fact, when next day there was a phone call. To our room. To our room. And this bloke said, oh, do you want to come down and have a chat about something? And it was weird, actually, because, like, I mean, firstly, who rings the, host, yeah. the phone? And it's like, have they been watching you? Because we just came back to the room. Or have they been, like, calling the whole time? It was just... It, it was weird. It was a bit, bit strange and weird and freaky, actually. So I went down and, and had a chat with him. He was very friendly, tried to connect with me about some common Aussie things like uh, willpower, uh, IndyCar racer and stuff. Oh, not in IndyCar. And <laughs> <laughs> just had no idea about Australians, but they were trying. He was trying very trying hard. very hard to connect. Yeah. Um, but he, he said, oh, I've got this opportunity... Um, do you want me to make your booking to go and have a look at it? I said, oh, I'm not into timeshare, mate. Oh, no, no, it's not timeshare. Yeah, they're very, very keen on saying it's not the old model of timeshare. Yeah. So uh, I kind of knew that there was something like that because I, I actually saw some YouTube uh, reviews of the Grand Beach and I, I think it might have been TripAdvisor actually and people saying, oh, watch out for the timeshare trap and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, we got conned into it, so we thought we'd go and have a look just to see what it was about. And, and let's just backtrack on the conned into it. So you probably gathered Neil's the soft spot between the two of us. I'm a bit more of the, the tiger woman, I guess. I probably would have gone, no way. But anyway, it, it was fine in a way because I guess right. I, was, I was just kind of interested because I like, I'm like i a money nerd, so I'm interested in, in how all this yeah, they're, works. They're just doing their job. That's probably how they make their money they're on commission. They're just doing their job. But the thing is, when they rang up our apartment, they didn't just say, oh, we've made a booking. They said... If you don't show up, we're going to deduct 50 US dollars. Yeah, from your credit card. Yeah, and, like, and they've got your credit card details so they can do that. And we're like, we didn't say we were going to do this. It's really weird. Yeah. Anyway, we, we rocked up and we had to go, what was it, five minutes up the road to another Hilton resort. Yeah, it was very swish. And I should add too that by this stage, we hadn't started FinCon yet. We were there to attend this conference for money creators called FinCon. So it's for money nerds. And I was in this this mastermind group, so there was this group of, of us who we were, go- were going to catch up, and we did catch up with some of them. And one of these ladies sent me a link to an article about all the things to be really wary of with timeshare. And she said, well, it's a two-hour presentation, so it's 50 US. So if you think about it, it's going to cost you about $12.50 US per hour for you to be there. Is it worth your time and effort to be there? What was 50 US? Well, if we were being charged 50 US on okay. our credit card. So that works out as twenty five dollars each. Okay. Um, yeah, and <laughs> so so the the thing was that if we went along, they'd give us a two hundred fifty dollar Visa debit card. I think it was US dollars as well, and a free trip somewhere. Free trip somewhere. Yeah, it was. So we we went in. We drove through the boom gate. Got let in. We didn't go to the concierge parking. We parked ourselves and walked in, which was a benefit, I think, because we weren't trapped there. And I've heard stories of people that just have not been able to get out. Not get their car. Yeah. And I kind of knew from that TripAdvisor report that there'd be something like that. So we walked in uh, 10 minutes early or something like that. They told us to sit down, help ourselves to tea, coffee, 
soft drinks and some snacks, but it was pretty ordinary, really. It was very ordinary. Like, it wasn't like Australia where you have, like, wine and cheese. And I've been told, actually, to be aware of when they serve you wine because it does cloud your judgment with these things. Yeah. But it was like donuts or something, sugary stuff. Yeah, muffins and Pop-Tarts and, yeah, weird stuff. Yeah, and actually they were really paranoid now that I remember it it about having our invitation that we had to hand over was something about making sure we had the right paperwork. Yeah. I don't know why they were so paranoid. That's probably part of the commission thing, I reckon. Yeah, Yeah. they were really paranoid about that. Yeah, so we sat down there and started talking to some... Another young couple who were there. Well, Well, not... Another young, another couple who were there younger than us. And he had some really interesting views on gun control. So, <laughs> And some views about how close Australia was to China. He was convinced we're all going to be invaded by China and we wouldn't well, be yeah. able to defend ourselves because we wouldn't be able to shoot to kill. I, think and I said that. it's a 10 to 12 hour flight. It's as far as <laughs> Australia to LA almost. <laughs> Yeah, so it, it was that was very interesting. It's, so it turned out he actually did own four firearms and I was intrigued by the fact that his wife didn't say boo in the whole conversation. But and anyway, he practices with them and she had to practice as well. She looked remarkably less keen about the whole firearm situation and I don't think she even wanted to be there at all. Oh, that, that's just America. <laughs> so chatting with this other nice young couple and there are a couple of other couples around and then my... Strategic thinking at this point was that I'd sit at the back of a big auditorium and I'd just fall to sleep. But yeah, well, I was just thinking it was just going to be this this presentation, and then I didn't realise the second part of the, the timeshare cell would take on. So yeah, yeah so, so was a, there was a three pronged attack here. So the the first part was there was a very attractive uh, young, young lady, effervescent, bit. bit evangelical going on about glamorous she looked like a model yeah yeah yeah. and she led us into this room and there was only i think about eight of us maybe ten yeah very small room and had this very detailed video video presentation and i found the themes really interesting do you remember some of the themes of it oh not really I, was, I remember her talking about her mother dying of cancer or something oh yeah. and the heartstring thing about you've got to live while you can and enjoy it and give up your work and holiday or something. Yeah, yeah that was the kind of clincher at the end Yeah, because her mum had always worked really hard and they never sort of got on holidays and now her mom, that her mum was dying of cancer, she kind of... Um, has the best days of her life now. Yeah. So it was all of this kind of family, you need this special time with them, that these memories are really worth it. And then they'd done some research that said that on average, Americans pay $150 US per night for accommodation. Yep. And that they, oh, I can't remember, was it two weeks or something? So they get two weeks leave a year. Two weeks le- year, a, a leave a year. Which is like the rest of us are in the world, mainly have three or four weeks annual leave a year, so it's- <laughs> Shh, don't tell them that. They would have doubled, <laughs> doubled the, 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 the kind of price. But anyway, they worked out that on average Americans were spending $2,100 on accommodation. So what was really interesting was the liberal use of the words, since you're going to spend it anyways. Anyway, you might as well put it into this. You yeah. may as well put it into this where you can get a much better quality experience. And they were, to be honest, really, really good quality experiences. The resorts that we were shown were like exceptional. They were very, very nice. So since you're going to be spending the money anyways and, you know, you value your family and this is what your priority is, you may as well spend it into a brand you can trust 
and you do an experience that you can trust and buy it now because then it'll be inflation proof. Yeah. Is kind of <laughs> what they were saying, yes. Kind of what they were saying. And, you know, to be honest, I was looking, even me, who's, you know, a bit of a frugalista and is happy at Holiday Inn Express or camping, they did look very nice, didn't they? Yeah. Well, that was the second part of it, wasn't it, where we, you know, the big pretty cell at the beginning and then we went for a walk around the resort with this guy. I can't remember his name. I changed the names in the blog post, not, not, that, not that I said anything mean about anyone, but just to... So they, they walked us through the, the facility, past the swimming pools, past some, what was it, there's a child daycare sort of centre and a library and all this sort of stuff. Computer the, the area. area and, yeah, sort of the facilities they had on site. And then we ended up at this room that was opened up for us. So it was like a, was it a single bedroom apartment? It was like two. So the idea was that like on one half it was like the parents were there. Oh, they had in, like an interconnecting door or yeah, something. Yeah, so like if it was only... Like only a couple, you could just have a small one. But if you had your kids, you could open it up. But so yeah, you could have it, half. It was it was nice. It had a kitchen. It had everything you wanted. Home away from home, sort of thing. Yeah, no problems with that. And there were clearly people hanging out by the pool. Like people looked happy, right? So I'm not saying that people looked like they were being ripped off, and they weren't coming up to us and saying, "Oh, this is a bad deal. <laughs> Get out now." Like it wasn't that vibe. At all. Like, it was really, really well done. And then from there, we made our way back up to the office, effectively up on the next floor up and sat in front of this guy with his computer and he's running through this and that. We're rehashing what was said in the presentation earlier. Yeah, Yeah. but once again, because God is one-on-one there and he's really trying to bond with us. He's trying to understand Australian culture. He's trying to be really helpful because he lives in Orlando, Florida, about where we should go and what we should see. Like really, really pulling all the stops to be nice. Nice. Now, um, I'm a little bit cynical about this because I remember at high school doing research about cults and some of these hallmarks are there, you know, like this one-on-one approach. Usually they'll match you with someone who you will really get on with and bond with. And relate to. And relate to because it's that personal thing, like whether that you end up becoming friends later or not, it's another thing, but they sort of drag you in. And the fact you're isolated, like the fact that they usually want you to, they want to park your car for you or go somewhere else. So it's not like you can just easily turn around and go. Yeah, like to walk out, we had no idea. We're up a, up a lift and different, yeah. Anyhow, we, we sat there for, oh, I set the I set a stop uh, timer on my watch for an alarm to go off after two hours. Because they said two hours. Yeah. And, and he was still talking. <laughs> yeah. He said, well, we've got another appointment after this. We have to get going. Yeah, I, I did the bad cop at this point. <laughs> I said, I have a meeting. And they went, oh, gee, that's too bad. They should have told you that to allow more time. I said, yeah, we've already been here two, two hours. hours. Yeah. And I was like, well, what time do you really need to be there? And I was like, well, this time, but then I've, I've actually got to have lunch and I've got to go home and I've got to do this. And they were starting to feel a bit sorry for us at this point. And so yeah. he sort of then started to speak a bit. More quickly. Oh, let's rush this up, sort of. Yeah. And at this point, by this point, right? We so got we've to been the numbers. There, yeah, we had we've been there over two hours, and we still hadn't talked about the numbers. And so this was the first time we actually got to the bit about what this means. So the key thing is, and and I will just because I've got the benefit of having blogged about it and remembering what I said. There are a few points on the the numbers and and the, and the deal that's worth considering. 
One is they're very big on saying that they're no longer the old timeshare model, which used to be, you know, you had some motel in the middle of nowhere and you had one week in January and you had to take that one week in January and only in that room and only that premise. Now it's all about points. So the points give you flexibility. But this is the problem. Like when you try and research it independently, there's no information on the website anyway where about how these points, what they equal to. Like they gave us a few examples during the presentation. And it depended on what season you're in. There's a high, yeah. a mid and a low. And you might get, for 5,000 points, you might get a room for three nights during high season. And that was, was that a one-bedroom apartment or something? Then you could use... Less points if you went for a bed sitter type thing. Yeah, yeah, studio apartment, you could get up to 21 off peak or, you know, on peak you could get like a small apartment for three to four nights. Yeah. And I should add too that I'm always a bit funny about these points model because that's basically like what casinos do, right? Like instead of using money, you suddenly got these chips and it… They don't have real value. In, yeah, 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 you lose that concept of where the real value is. It suddenly becomes points. So, so, so they were they were kind of saying that… You'd spend one hundred fifty dollars US a night, anyway, and anyways, as they yeah, say. <laughs> yeah, and the, the the thing, if you're a member, you don't pay resort fees, you don't pay, you don't pay taxes, taxes and stuff like that. So, but yeah, so the numbers were. But you do pay maintenance, and when I ran my numbers, the maintenance, which was eight something, eight hundred and eighty nine US a year, and noting they'll probably go up, was actually more than the plan we were looking at. I should add too, there are about five or six levels of plans and he was trying to push the median plan of 17,000 points per year initially on us. That was about $5,000, wasn't it? Or uh, well, uh, I'll get to the money because yeah. I've, I've got it written down. Originally that he was looking at the median one and then he realised that we're not those sort of people. So he looked at the very, 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 very like bottom one, which was only 5,000. But anyway, even on that, it would have been a $7,182 US dollars, which would have been a purchase price of $6,900 plus closing costs and other special fees, which was $242 US dollars and $40 US dollars. And that was a 10-year package. What was interesting about this is when he gave us the figures, he just highlighted the amount that you would pay for monthly repayments, which was just over $100. There was something, because we weren't US citizens, we couldn't get a special interest rate or something as well. Something. I don't know. But the interest rate that he quoted us was over 20%. It was 20.39%. So that's like credit card rates. That's like credit card rates. And that's like over 10 years. But you could pay extra to have a lifetime. So you could be like in this kind of deal for a lifetime. So, so if you didn't have the ready cash, it's that's where it starts turning bad, I think. That was at the moment where I went, oh, I get now why they're selling this because, because initially I didn't quite get it. And especially when we went back to our apartment and I did a bit of research because you could just book through like Booking or What If or a number of those other sites to stay at a number of these Hilton Grand Vacation resorts. In fact, the one we saw, I had a look at because I was curious. And we were just in off-season in September, like because the university college and everything had just gone back and it was just after the Union Union Day holiday. So a lot of people weren't vacationing there and plus it was sort of hurricane season. So you could stay at that resort from anywhere between $93 to about $106, starting from, and then I guess apartments were, were more, US dollars a night. 
when I ran those figures through, it looked like it would be 70-something US dollars potentially according to the points. So it would actually be cheaper. Yeah, but then you've got this legacy of having to pay this maintenance fee every year. Yeah. Yeah, so you might have spent the 7000 up front and then $800, $900 every year. And then there was two schemes as well, wasn't there? There was one where it was for 10 years or there was one where it was... It was a lifetime. And you can... Gift it to your children, children as part of your inheritance. inheritance. Yeah, and then they have to pay the maintenance fee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. don't know if they want it to have that kind of thing. I, yes. I don't know so how it works out. Locking them in, that seemed a bit strange to me. It's, yeah. it, there were a few things that were quite strange. But I'll be honest and say it's, it's a complicated thing because like if going to a big luxury resort for a couple of weeks a year is your jam, this isn't actually a bad way to do it because you are actually an owner, owner and that you are part of it. And I could see that there was a lot of prestige for a lot of people that they felt that they could have ownership of this. They had that kind of connection. They weren't just like guests in a hotel, that they were part of it. Yeah. But for us, there would have been a double sting with tran- uh, international transactions yeah. and stuff. Would have been better off to go to a resort here in Australia. There's one on the Gold Coast, one in Melbourne or something, and see if we can do it in Aussie dollars here. Yeah, exactly. And you actually had a really good observation, which is because Qantas Frequent Flyer and other points, like you can purchase those. You can purchase additional points. You can purchase up to every three months up to a certain value of points with Qantas Frequent Flyers and 150,000 points cost you three grand. So I think I only spent 80,000 points for the apartment for the 12 nights. So if that was really your thing, and I mean, I don't know too because some of that resort's now been removed from the Qantas website, so I don't know since this merger whether they're still on there. But, you know, there are a number of really high-quality accommodation options that you can get through things like the Qantas website or, and effectively or other websites. You're not getting hit with transaction fluctuations and charges and it's digital currency. Except for those resort fees. <laughs> yeah. They hit you with resort fees in the US. They're a little bit uh, of a nasty surprise. We're talking in an, uh, the last episode about how it was 150 US when we checked into our resort. And you told me to expect it, so we knew to expect it. Yeah. But most people don't. And you don't know how much to expect. Yeah. And then the other thing to consider is the lost opportunity cost of if you had invested that money instead of putting it in a holiday. And I did some sums because, of course, that's what I do. And I worked out that you could have almost double the returns if instead of investing in this scheme up front, plus then the annual manu- um, membership, annual uh, ma- maintenance fees, yep. if instead of that you invested in ETFs, you would end up almost doubling your money potentially. I mean, you don't really know what's going to happen with the share market or ETFs, but Based on the historical price, averages and the yeah. average is looking like that would be a a decent projection, and of course that doesn't take into account things like taxes and inflation and a whole range of stuff. It's just a, a rough a rough calculation. But you know it is important to think that when you are giving them your money up front, they then have that opportunity. So it's a way for them, in a way, to have like shareholders. So they've got more cash coming in, so they can expand their business. And they know that they've got this cash coming in every year too. Yeah, they've got that commitment, which is so different than, say, a hotel booking where they don't know whether people are going to come or go. Yeah. Especially in times like COVID, where things have been really disrupted. Like this is very, very sure for them. 
it's a guaranteed income stream. Yeah. So it did pike our interest. It wasn't bad value. I mean, there's some beautiful, beautiful accommodation options. And certainly when we were in the Art Deco precinct on Miami Beach having a look around. There was one there, wasn't there? There was a Hilton Grand Vacation. There was also a Marriott one. And both of them were beautiful. And I I noticed because we'd just been to the timeshare. And I remember sort of thinking, well, you know, that wouldn't be too bad. Yeah. But, yeah, once we looked at all that and we had to think about it and whatever, we we made our excuses and... Look, we've got to get going. We'll, we'll just go. We don't want your credit card deal. We don't want your holidays. Oh, they couldn't believe that. Yeah. We just want to get out of here. They <laughs> really, really couldn't believe that. Yeah. But it, it, they didn't let us get out the door quite so simple. So he took us downstairs and said, wait here, wait here, and went and got a manager of some sort. And they tried to really push something on us and give us a free holiday anywhere around the world with flights. and. Well, actually, no, her deal was really interesting, actually, now that I remember because yeah. I said, we're not accepting anything free. And she was she was a lot less friendly, by the way. She was a lot like down to business because I'd said I needed to go. So she was like, you know, yeah. efficient, effective. So they tried a different strategy on us, I think. And she said, no, this is not free. You pay for this. But it was a very good value for, what was it, like a week's accommodation or something or 10 days. It was, they had like about 10 different resorts in the US, including one from memory in Honolulu. Yeah. And there was only these resorts and she could give us these really good rates. And then I didn't quite fully understand, but I sort of got the impression that if we went on one of these and if we then signed up, that it would be for refunded somehow or something. It yeah. was sort of, uh, we, weren't, we weren't, we just wanted to get out the door. So we weren't fully pressing for information because if we showed too much interest, well, like, right. they probably like, wouldn't, wouldn't let us go. It was like $1,500 or something, wasn't it? But it was yeah. really good value. It was really, really good value. And so they were sort of saying, well, are you going to come here again? Because I guess their assumption is you're there, you're at Disney World, you're going to come back again. They must get a lot of repeat visitors. And we're like, well, no, probably not because it was like a 30-hour trip. (laughs) So I don't think we're going to likely to come here again and FinCon's not going to be here next year. That was the thing. Well, if you're here, are you going to come back again? Where else are you going to vacation to in the US? We can offer you this good deal. Yeah. And I'm sure if we took that up, we would have to go to another timeshare presentation and then there would be something. More pressure, yeah. And there'd be more pressure. So at that point, we're like, nah, 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 nah. Almost out the door. Yeah. We might, yeah, we, we got out the door. And, and literally it, someone was chasing yeah, after us. Oh, you forgot your pass. <laughs> you forgot your card or whatever it was. Yeah. The free gift. Yeah. I think we had about three people running after us. Yeah. It was like, nah, nah, don't want it. Bye. I don't know. We must have been the first people ever not to get the free <laughs> gift. They probably thought we were nuts, but. No, didn't want to be tied into anything. And we haven't heard from them since. So I thought we would have had some emails or something coming in or. Yeah, don't wish that, don't manifest that one into existence. <laughs> <laughs> we obviously weren't their ideal customer. We didn't accept the free gifts. Yeah, we weren't greedy. There's a reason we're sharing this in so much detail. One is because, it, well, actually, we were quite interested actually just to check it out and have a bit of a sticky beak to see what it was like. But it's just really important to be aware of these tactics because you can't actually do a lot of research. No, it's all pretty well hidden. You can go to the Grand Vacations website, whatever, but it doesn't really... There's no real information. There's no real information, yeah. It's information on how beautiful the properties are and they are genuinely beautiful. Like I I have no doubt about that, that they are well-maintained. It is a good brand. It is a good experience. But you've just got to ask yourself like we did, well, what... Are we we ever going to use it? Well, I mean... What are holidays to us? Where do we go? We go skiing. We go visiting friends down the coast. We go camping. And I should add that our friends actually like us to 
us to visit. We're not like, you know, freeloaders. They're, like, they're family, really. They're, well, yeah, they we're close. And then um, cruises, which I've uh, introduced Serena to. Yeah, <laughs> enough on cruises. Oh, that was the other thing too. As part of this Hilton Grand Vacation HGV Club, you got discounts on cruises. So once we said we like cruises, then they went off on a tangent. Was it ten percent off or something? Something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure. So you, I'm not sure what lines it was with either. Yeah, but you did, and you got like discounts off special events and stuff like that. Yeah. So like, if you're the sort of person who maybe you're on a fat fire, and I mean that in terms of financial independence, retire early with style kind of path, and you're at that stage and money isn't a worry, a worry for you. It's not, it's not a bad thing in some, some ways. And you would certainly be made to feel, feel special, like as an owner as part of this. Yeah, because I had resorts in Australia, in Asia, in, in Europe and all over the place. So Yeah, I had a look. There was, cause I go to Taiwan from time to time. We haven't been for a while, but there was one in Taipei and one on the Gold Coast. And I've got family on the Gold Coast. And, but you just got to ask yourself, are, are you actually going to use that? is it going to really suit your lifestyle? Because it's a 10-year commitment. Or longer. Or longer, or lifetime. Yeah. So I think that's about it in terms of timeshare. So in conclusion, it wasn't bad, it wasn't good, it didn't quite suit us, but it might suit someone else. Might suit someone else, but just be aware of it and just think about do you want to make that kind of long-term commitment? And don't do it on higher purchase. No, don't do it on higher purchase. You can't afford it. You can't afford it. And have some strategies to try and get out of there quickly because they'll keep you there all day if they can. Yeah. So set an alarm. Don't let them park your car. What else was the other strategy? Try yeah. not to show t- to be too interested in anything because once you show interest, they'll really go for things. Yeah. So, you know, they'll ask you questions about how you vacation and all that sort of stuff. Just, so. just profiling you. Yeah. yeah, so you don't actually have to tell them your life story. So, like, just don't really. They don't need to know everything about you. Just keep it very, very simple. And it's okay to say no. And it's really hard because you've got this guy or this woman there with you who's your your new best friend who's super lovely. You spend an hour and a half with you or whatever. Yeah, yeah. and you feel bad about letting them down. But, you know, they're, they're in sales. That's their job. Yeah. You don't, you don't owe them anything. No. You can just walk out that door just like we did and it's okay. Well, let's wrap this up. Thank you for this discussion, Serena. (laughs) (laughs) I think that was a bit of a hint. Thank you so much. If you really enjoyed this podcast, please join the Joyful Frugalista Facebook group to chat about this and other topics and also share this with your friends and anyone else you feel has a need to know this information. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the Joyful Frugalista with Serena Bird and, of course, sound has been by Neil Hadley.
Wake up to your face each day, and my pride.